Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion. As always, brought to you by Broken Drift and Banana Bros. We're bringing some purple in today with the the, the dancing, the b-boy Banana Bros. Whoa. Oh, as I just mess up my camera. <laughs> can't have shit nice this is why we can't have nice things uh my name is miles weber with me as always my co-host my lovely wife heather weber hello there. how are you doing good how are you doing good i know right you're just downstairs this is crazy um thanks and for the time last time i saw you so this is very very true a lot's <laughs> happened up those stairs and with us as always our lovely friend in canada susan thompson susan how you doing hey guys how you doing Oh, yeah, we're good. We're colorful here. And with us on the podcast today, uh, actor, model, dancer, all around good human being, full of color and collector of hats forever and ever. Miles McGee. Miles, how you doing, man? Hi, I'm well. I'm super stoked that the uh, podcast is going for miles and miles today. Hey, how much did you hear that growing up? Uh, A lot, a lot. The one that got to me the most because it's the most uh the least inventive and everyone did the exact same pause they'd go how many miles yeah can you run and that's the one that just drives me absolutely bonkers yeah anytime with me and and you can do this now too like i'd always be a dick about it like when they just be like oh miles and miles away i'm like there's a y in my name okay i'm not distance i have a soul okay i say the whole time i say i'm not a distance i'm not a unit of measure yeah, no, I'm, uh, that's not me at all. That just means that you don't care to know the correct spelling of my name, and I don't feel sane. See, now I feel like a, I feel like a here now because my son is Miles, but it's M I L E S. See what you did? <laughs> I ruined it. I so close. Know. So close. So much. The first Miles I I met was in kindergarten. Um, the teacher made all these macaroni art signs for our names and to stand up when we got introduced. So she said, Miles, and I stood up. She went, oh, not you. And I sat down, and this little kid with a full mullet stood up. So in my my mind, I has always meant mullet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'd go with that. Well, my son's Canadian, so chances are, yeah, flannel and a mullet. <laughs> oh, I mean, if he's from Alberta. On brand. I think he wants to be. I'm like, oh, son, don't do this to me. No. <laughs> no. no, it's good. He'll... Uh, He'll be like a character from Letter Kenny. This will be nice. <laughs> but uh, he seriously, he is. Thank you all for having me. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. So here. You sound awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. We So far, we've uh, lucked out. We've only had awesome people on. Uh, we'd like to keep it that way. Uh, yeah, we're doing good. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, t- we're uh, going to take a hard left turn here. We're having you on today to talk about, uh, you know, people in your life with depression, you know, we're kind of getting the outside perspective because, uh, it's, it's one thing for somebody to have some type of mental disorder or thing going on, but, uh, it's another thing to be like once removed from it, you know, like right there, like you're not outside the window, but you're definitely in the house, you know, with them. So, I mean, something like that. So, uh, if you're comfortable sharing, who do you know in your life that has depression and, uh, what is your relationship like with them? Well, I know quite a few people with depression. Um, I think I would, I don't want to call it rare. I'd say more that as we progress, we're getting more and more comfortable talking about mental health and hopefully we can get that going even more so, um, because it's, 
just a body. Your brain's a body part. I always tell um, a lot of my close friends and family and myself when we're going through it, it, it's a piece of meat that gets shocked. Like you can't be that surprised when it messes up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm in entertainment and everyone thinks that we're all kind of happy-go-lucky. So all that to say that I know quite a few people with depression. Um, a, A lot of my close friends here in Los Angeles suffer from depression. Fascinating. So it being, uh, it seems, uh, cause we've had other entertainers on to talk about depression this week. And so it, it, it does seem, uh, yeah. Entertainment industry, man, that's a, it really very much. So we kind of put on that good face and, uh, you know, and we've also talked, uh, with a couple other comics, uh, on a couple past episodes about just, uh, being able to kind of put your emotions on hold to be able to, be all the way on for the role or the stage or whatever the project is that you're working on, you know, uh, music, whatever it is, you got to go perform in some capacity and your feelings and what's happening in your life right now kind of gets put on the back burner. And so that's very exciting. So it's interesting that, you know, a lot of entertainers it's, it, it seems to be, so that seems to be kind of the common thread. Well, and I really like what you just said, as far as putting things on the back burner to get the job done. Um, personally that's how i feel when trying to be there for the friends that have depression you know what i mean like especially when um we're so used to being pretty open and emoting it can make it more difficult to realize when your performer friends have it because you think they're already pretty open with you um so it really does i highly suggest um how do i put it really taking the time to notice any any behavior that feels even just the tiniest bit off because that could be the only sign that you have that they've been able to to give um that they're struggling uh and it's one of those things i'm sure and if anyone out there is listening has been in a relationship um it's really tough to watch your person struggle um and whether that's you know, a mother, um, your siblings, a really, really close friend or the person you were seeing, it's really difficult to watch them struggle because there's only so much you can do. Um, and so you really have to try to not to spend too much time locked into that place of, I don't know what to do and just start doing the things, you know, you can making sure that they know that there are resources available, um, that they're not the only person feeling how they feel without invalidating the way that they feel, you know, and, um, what has really, I am hesitant to say the word help. Cause I don't want to be like, these are the things I've done that have helped, but no, uh, what I have seen work is just giving people the space to talk mm-hmm. and also saying that if we don't want to talk at all, I can just be here with you while you feel this way, you know, and that has even helped me, um, with the person I'm seeing right now, they really, at the beginning of the relationship, uh, they said, sometimes I'm going to want you to try to cheer me up. And sometimes I'm just going to want you to be here, period. And I've never had anyone ask me for that. And now I know to ask for that myself. And as far as my own personal mental health, it's helped leaps and bounds to just know that you can say, you don't have to do anything special. Just be here. Well, and that's especially because it's so easy to try and hop in as that caretaker role and just, oh, well, it's my obligation. It's my duty to make you feel better. And so that's huge just for you to be like, no, it's not my responsibility. And just to be here for somebody is huge. And it's 
doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? Like you're still, there's still a lot of internal turmoil, but it's like Miles just said, um, you kind of put that aside and just, just be, um, it, it's hard to do, but it can be effective. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the distinguishing of the two is important. Like you said, like when being able to identify, what do you need? You know, I mean, being on the outside and cause I mean, I know when you, somebody close to me is going through depression and just like, okay, Hey, what do you need? Do you need help? Like, are we going to kick somebody's ass? Like, you know, figuratively or literally, or yeah. Do you just need to sit here and tell me how much you want to kick whatever's ass? Like, I mean, so, I mean, it's cause yeah, some, a lot, a lot of times I feel like, uh, more times than not, people just kind of want to be seen, understood. Yeah. yeah. Just, just really like to get it out. And then it'd be like, yeah, man, that sucks. That really sucks. You wanted this thing to happen. And now this happened and that, yeah, nah, fuck man. That's that. That's, I'm sorry. Like, there's so much to be said for just, yeah, you know, uh, so much is like, like you said, it sometimes just having it out, even if you don't have to go into details, just being able to say, I'm not doing okay. And having that other person say, and that's okay. Can, can really help. Um, when I was in college, one of my best, best friends, um, really charming guy and very, uh, he's the kind of person that just lights up a room. Um, so if you saw him upset, you were very concerned cause he was never upset. Um, there was a period of time, about six months went by where I couldn't get a hold of him. Um, we didn't communicate like we used to. And I thought maybe I did something wrong and all of that good stuff. Um, those six months passed, finally was able to reconnect with him. And he told me he had been battling depression and actually had attempted suicide. And <clears throat> excuse me, the only thing that kept him on the planet was the fact that he was a very large man. Uh, was like six, 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 seven, very large dude. And the way that he attempted did not work. Um, but since that moment had happened, I, I really try, really, really try to notice the small, like the smallest, tiniest things. Cause I, if he had never told me that after the fact, I would have never ever known that he was struggling. Um, and our communication is so better now, not like saying that he has to bring everything to me, but he knows end of the day, I will move heaven and hell to just be there to just, to just show up. And sometimes showing up is all someone needs. Um, something recently happened. A lot of things, honestly, in the middle of the pandemic have affected a lot of people. I know I'm still having the weirdest transition period ever. Um, and I lost two acquaintances in the middle of it. Um, people that weren't very social and the one, like one or two social things they used to do, they couldn't do because of the pandemic. Um, so all of that just to say that sometimes literally showing up is enough. Um, and I'm not saying like barge into someone's life, but if you really feel like someone is just the hair, a hair off of the way they usually are, just let them know that there is someone that is aware, you know? Mm -hmm. Even just something as simple as uh, like asking somebody how they're doing twice, because yes. I think we're so programmed to be like, how are you doing? Good. And then we move on. No, 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 no. Really? How are you doing? So just asking that second time for somebody to be like, oh, OK, they realize something's up. I'm in a safe place to talk about something. And um, clearing space, too, has really helped, uh, especially with my personal relationship, um, letting the other person know that 
it doesn't all have to be rainbows and unicorns and puppies and kittens. Like if you are sad, we can be, this can be a sad day. You know what I mean? It's not going to dampen my day to hear about how you feel honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I mean, it is kind of that thing when you know people with depression, especially people who suffer from clinical depression, where it's just a reoccurring cycle. You know what I mean? That, that one's tough because you do have, you do feel that sense of like, once you've experienced what you've experienced, where you have people who have taken their lives and they've lost that battle that sometimes it's daily, you know, to, to fight depression. You do feel the sense of, well, I, I, how much do you love your friends? You just, yeah, I don't want you to die. I, I'd like you to be around. I'd like you to I'd like you to see meet my kids one day. So, I mean, come on, man. Like, let, what, what do I got to do? And so you do find yourself paying attention to ever so slightly things. And then like Heather had said, the, the double tap, I'm a big fan, which is, you know, just, just how you doing? Oh, good. Well, okay. That's cool. How you doing actually? Oh, okay. okay. Well, uh, Tell yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're not at the grocery store, homie. Like, I mean, I'm not ringing you up right now, you know. So I no. mean, let's just what's up? Like, how are you actually, really? So I think with people, you know, I think after the pandemic last year, with what it's done to everybody, and I feel like everybody kind of got a taste of depression at least at some point, even if you've never suffered from it. The pandemic did that. So I mean, at this point, I think we're at a point where you can just we should all just be brutally honest, even to like the person at the checker stand. How are you doing today? It's really shitty, actually. <laughs> I'm I'm super struggling. This is it took a lot for me to come here and like come inside and talk to you right now. So, yeah, this is a lot right now. Oh, I'd rather I'd rather throw these groceries than give them to you. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal honesty. There should be one day like The Purge where the movie The Purge, you don't kill everyone, but you should be able to tell everyone exactly how your day is. And they got to listen. That'd be really healthy. It'd be really uncomfortable, but end of the day, it'd be really healthy. Man, just one day, one true day. Man, therapists would finally get a break. Like, the therapist would be like, go ahead. I take this every other day, so I'm checking out. But I think there would be such a, they'd have to clean everything up afterwards. Like, you, you would have to do truth day. And then the actual purge the next day. Like, I mean, you asked Miles how his day was and he told me. He told me. Like, he really told me. (laughs) He really told me. Yeah. He's not doing okay. We should probably take him out sometime. (laughs) Um, And part of with doubling down, um, something that I've tried to do when having these discussions with people that are close to me is. is going first. So if I ask how they're doing and I can tell there's still something under the surface and I'll start with something bad that's happening with me, you know, just to like, it doesn't have to be like the worst thing in the world, but just saying this is my personal struggle today. And maybe that'll give them the, the end to feel like they can do it too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's great, especially because when I'm going through like my depressive episodes, I don't want to be a burden on somebody. So to hear that somebody else like maybe isn't as high up as I thought they were right now, I'm like, okay, they're down here. So I don't feel like I'm totally bursting their bubble. Yeah, I, um, I'm working on vulnerability, uh, especially like as an entertainer, it's so important. And I didn't realize how much of a, there's a thin line between life miles and well there was a thin line between life miles and entertainer miles and i'm kind of working on erasing it because there's just so much more truth to what you do um but i also 
don't like feeling that uncomfortable. I don't like to let everyone in. Um, and I like to keep a little bit of a guard just because it's easier. That said, in December, um, so the first for the first 10 months of the pandemic, I was absolutely by myself. My roommate moved out three days in, um, and I'd never lived by myself before. So at the first half of it, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. No pants ever. All of that good stuff. And um, then I got really lonely, and I didn't want to talk to my family about it too much because they're 2,500 miles away, so I don't want to worry them too much. You know what I mean? Um, but a moment occurred where I was reaching out to all the people in my immediate like support system, uh, my family, my, my boyfriend, my best friend. And because of things that were happening in their lives, no one really heard what I was saying. Um, and it really scared me. There was a sense of perceived strength with me, not to like, or anything like that, but like people just kind of assume I'm okay. Cause typically I am okay. And so I'm really learning that it is way healthier to let, like to talk about your struggles more often because in that moment I was really struggling and no one believed me and it could have been terrible, you know? So although I really, I'm not a fan of vulnerability, uh, it's something I want to keep working on. And I really encourage people to work on. I told my, uh, my mom, that I'm like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to complain the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. As long as you're doing it. Yeah. But no, I did. Great. I, I struggle from like the same thing um, where I always put on a brave face and I pride myself in that. But then nobody knows when anything's going wrong. So nobody takes it seriously when anything's going wrong. So, yeah, I get that. And vulnerability is really hard to do when you've been up there for so long. Yeah. Is it with, um, excuse me. A lot of it. A lot of the way I carry myself, I get from my mom. She's always been the kind of person that people like to come and bring their worries to her and all that good stuff. So like, I've definitely um, inherited that and I like being that person. Um, but it has been help, helpful and healthy to know that sometimes I have to put my, like uh, people always tell me the, the, the plain um, uh, metaphor that you have to put your mask on before you can put on uh, before you can help anyone else. And then my mom also always says that you can't pour out from an empty cup. So if, if I'm not taking care of myself, then what am I going to be able to, to impart to you? You know, were you ever worried about, um, if you showed that vulnerability and you showed that softer side that people would stop coming to you with their problems? So was that definitely, like, yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm realizing like, as I, you know, every day as we continue trying to just be better that, Sometimes people need the opposite of that. They need to see the strong person struggle because it makes them feel like, well, it's, it, and it is everybody's struggling with something and we just don't know it. Um, we're all very much just meat sacks that can feel things, you know, and there's so much to feel. I, my grandmother is 76. Um, and she's like my favorite person on the planet because she's just so, Here's what I'll say. My favorite Dorothy Shuffle quote. She says, there's two things I don't do. Bullshit and buses. Like she's just so in tune with herself. And every year I get older, I want to get closer to Dorothy Sheffield. Mm -hmm. um, but that also means you've got to be honest with who you are. So if you wake up and it's a shit day, it's all right to just say this day is shit. And just know that tomorrow might not be shit. But there's no point like 
toxic positivity is is dangerous. It's not real. Yeah, no, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Goes along with yesterday and social media big time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and but I think you, you hit the head that that it's it's so heavy to be that person that your friends are coming to, you know, I mean that reliable person. And that's what I said it once I said a million times who helps the helpers check on their strong people. Like you make sure you're doing your due diligence to check on the people who, you know, are fine. All right, let's double tap those folks. Like come on, you, you have to, because there's y'all are so good at just Heather's the best at it, man. I mean, she's MVP of putting on a good face and, and she'll be able to pull it through. So, but I always try to circle back around when things settle down. How are you actually? What's up? Yeah. We, we got time tonight for like an hour. We could fall apart. Then you want to just, just like, (laughs) like, let's go. All right. Come on. Just, I'll put on a, a music and we'll just cry. Let's do this. So that and uh, the guy I'm seeing when he sometimes when he's struggling or when I'm struggling, he'll remind me, he's like, just put on some music that's a little angry and just thrash around a little bit. Like, oh, it's so cathartic. It's so cathartic just to let out some of that emotion, especially when you know you're in a place where no one's watching and just literally let yourself flail. Like, mm-hmm. I, I highly, highly, highly suggest it. Um, sometimes um, it can be nice to, to use media as an escape. Uh, but sometimes I can backfire too. I was watching Steven universe and, um, that show on Cartoon Network, it's really beautifully done. Like it's, it's pretty enough and flashy enough for children, but there's so many like mental health nuggets just built in. And so I was using it as escapism and, uh, mild spoiler alert. It's way later on. So whoever's listening will forget it. Um, but the main character was really having, um, an intense struggle that kind of made him monstrous and all the people in his life are freaking out, freaking out. Like, we don't know what's wrong. We don't know what's wrong. And, um, the main character's girlfriend was like, well, Steven is the person everybody comes to for everything. And Steven can't help Steven. So we have to help each other right now. Um, and it was a really helpful moment, but also it was in the midst of my struggle when I was trying to escape. So I'm like bawling, like this is supposed to be my escape. Not exactly what I'm going through. <laughs> it was Terrible and cathartic at the same time. Terribly cathartic. You almost get angry for feeling so seen by something you don't know personally. I stood up, paused it, and yelled. Guaranteed. <laughs> I was livid. Awesome. Absolutely livid. <laughs> I, uh, I just want to ask you, like you had said something earlier that would it it kind of stood out. You're like you're trying to blur the line from because you I know you're a performer, so blur the line of when you're off stage to on stage. Like what does that look like for you of someone that doesn't struggle or is trying to help people around you at home? Um, for me personally, it's been kind of a two, not three part thing. Um, the first part is removing polish. Uh, as an entertainer, we're supposed to be on it and prepared and all of these good things. But we're also human. Like, it's one of those things that drives me crazy when you see commercials and they're like, real people. So what am I, a robot? Like, I'm a real person. I can be professional and prepared and a mess. Like, those don't have to be mutually exclusive. So learning to remove some of my polish has been really helpful. Um, Also, that you want to be authentic, you know, just in life and especially when you're entertaining, you want to come from an authentic place so that people could relate. And what can people relate to more than struggle? 
So why try to hide it? I'm not saying like, you know, every word out of your mouth needs to be like, this sucks and this sucks and I'm terrible. Like, no, but you can be honest when you're having a moment of something less than strength. Uh, And the last part of it for me has been like, there's been aspects of my life and myself that I thought were um, faults or weaknesses that have, that are actually strengths. So really leaning into my voice as a black man um, and realizing that things that I thought were best kept to myself sometimes need to be heard uh, because either someone can relate or someone had never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same thing goes to uh, being a queer man, um, especially a black queer man, that some things people need to hear and need to see a version of themselves they didn't know existed. And I thought those were to my detriment. But in this last year, I've learned how they make me stronger. And I've actually seen how it has um, been beneficial to my art. That's awesome. Very, very cool. And that that's cool that you've, you've, you're able to sit with each part of those and really take it in, be authentic, get off the polish and everything like that, just taking it all in. Um, Cause that's a lot to check, especially in a year. Cause I feel like that, like the pandemic really highlighted everything for you. Yeah. So- being in a place where there was literally no one else. Like I have a two bedroom apartment. I have a roommate now, but like being in a place where I was in an incubation chamber and legitimately had to sit alone with my thoughts. Um, it Here's what I'll say. On this side of it, the things that I've gotten from it are phenomenal, but I never want to go through that ever again, <laughs> ever, ever. No, you know, people think that growth is, is all sunshine, but growth is, can be awful. <laughs> growth is really, really rough. Um, so I had a lot of time to sit down and be like, well, this part of yourself is kind of meh, and this part of yourself could be this. Um, so it was kind of a perfect storm kind of a thing where I had a lot of time with myself. Um, there was a big new wave of social justice that made me focus on some things. Um, and then I, I met someone. So it really gave me the opportunity to explore the queer side of myself. Um, and so I'm not trying to say like, this is not a done work. This is a work in progress, but these are the things I've noticed and what I want to keep working on just based on what I've seen so far. Did you journal it when you were going through all of it? Um, not, not like, how do I put it? Not continuously. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are certain things I've written down, um, as I went through that process, but I was making a lot of content. Um, so I have a lot of it. So as certain social justice things popped up, um, (laughs) I kind of call it my hat series and I put on a different hat and like use a description part of the hat to talk about what I was upset about. Um, and then I wrote a lot to, oh, I guess I did, but it's public. So I posted a lot of it. Uh, so I do have it. I didn't think about that. Other I, things. I didn't think about it, but I do have <laughs> most of that cataloged actually. That's great. That's awesome. And like, it's public. So you're able to help other people with, while you're going through it. So I think that's great. It's been weird because I am, uh, um, I'm an outgoing person. I'm a people person, but Privately, I am a private person, so it's been surreal to try to lift that a little bit. Um, but I've done it more because people that I never thought, like 60-year-old white women that I met once saying, wow, I never this and that because you said this, makes me want to continue doing that, you know? And I think that's what I would like to say to people that are struggling with depression or people that know someone that is struggling with depression, let that person know that 
not saying that everyone's struggle has to be public, but that someone out there, likely multiple people are feeling, if not exactly how they're feeling, something similar mm-hmm. where they have um, whatever is their, their um, whatever is, is their, uh, I'm just looking for the word, not like causation, whatever is causing how they, you know, the, all the factors that build up to it. Someone has similar factors and is going to be able to relate um, whether they're helping you or you're helping them we are way more similar than we think we are and our struggles are not that different. For sure. Well, and I think don't even wait for somebody to say it's helping. I think, you know, just keep putting it out there and assume it's helping somebody. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I agree. Being able to put it out there. So that way it's, it's the feeling of just, we're all in this together. Hey, you're not alone. You know, that that's so important. And and I think it's we we all kind of have our circle, uh, you know, that 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 cheerleader that that or 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 just somebody or uh, close to us that who respect that gives us that validation, you know, like I'm not crazy. Right. And for you, like, I mean, as you said, like as a as a black queer man, like you got the already your the everything you described that you went through the last year and everything that's already on top of the foundation of like, you're getting all the shit in the world, like yeah. in, in this yeah. country. So it's like, do you think that, would you say you need kind of like the bigger village of people like yourself around you to kind of like give you that validation? Like, I'm not crazy. This isn't okay. Right. I'd imagine when you're getting it so much, you might need more reinforcement for Here's that. What right? I'll say. Um, I think something really beautiful that has come out of this pandemic period in the United States, I can't speak for worldwide, um, is that we all had a time to sit down and kind of look outward and see more how many things are kind of messed up here. Um, So what I witnessed personally was uh, Black people saying, hey, this is happening to me, this is what's going on. Queer people saying, oh, well, they're doing this to us. Women being like, well, this is still happening and this is still happening and this is still happening. Indigenous folks saying, have you all forgotten about this? And collectively, like, again, I'm not going to speak. There's still, I know we're still very half and half um, based on elections and such, but on the woke side of things, so many people kind of said, oh, well, all of these things are still happening to all of us. We can change all of that. Like we don't have to pinpoint and pick and choose. We can literally just decide to call all of it out all the time. So call out transphobia every time you see it. Call out racism every time you see it. Homophobia every time you see it. And that way we can all raise up together. So um, I think that everybody needs some kind of a circle. I'm realizing personally how much bigger I should make my circle. Um, And a lot of it, as Heather talked about um, earlier, has just been pride. Like I'm Southern. I don't have like an accent accent, but like I'm Southern, like born in Enterprise, Mississippi, uh, period. Miles Malik McGee from Meridian, Mississippi. Like it's all just South. And a big part of that is pride. And especially black guy in the South, like you're just supposed to take a lot of stuff on the chin. Um, So I've just learning to ask for what I might need. Uh, last night I was having a bit of a down spiral, like nothing too intense, but enough for me to knock on my roommate's door and just say like, can I have a hug? Like, and that's what exactly what I needed in that moment. He gave me a nice long hug and it's what I needed. Um, I've reached out to people close to me and especially I've been building, um, 
I've always been closer with women than I have been with men. Um, so I've been building some male friendships and being able to say, Hey homie, today I'm kind of struggling. If you send me a few like positive words and I have about five or six people, we've built that kind of a system where you don't need any explanation. Just ask for that. And they just build you up for a little bit. It's pretty cool. I love that. I do that on awesome. Facebook. So a little bit of a different, like I think last week I was like, oh, I'm kind of having a weird day. What's your favorite memory with me? And I was actually like super overwhelmed with how much came in. I was like, oh, this is really nice. Yeah. You just gave me goosebumps. Like it, it doesn't take much. And sometimes like you like just ask for what you need. Um, I've seen a lot of friends do this and it really helps them. You know, sometimes you just want to see people's pets. Say I'm having this kind of a day, show me your pets. And people just boom, 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 boom. Cause who doesn't want to show off their pet, but also like you're going to instantly feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the, 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 How much we matter. We all matter. <laughs> and we forget that we matter individually. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You got to have the squad. I, I think it's so important to have that group. Like you said, five or six or seven people that you could build each other up when you need to, you lean on each other constantly. It's agreed. This is what this is. But I think it's also important though. That's, that's also kind of like your list of folks to go through when one's busy, right? Like, yeah. cause I know like we, with, with Heather, when she's going through a depressive episode and I'm on the road, I mean, if I, I tell her like, I am available all day unless I'm on stage, that's literally it. So really she's got a list just for if she's in crisis while I'm actually performing, like that is the only thing that is stopping me. And so it's important to have that list of like, oh, I'm not okay. Like I'm super not okay right now. Let Mm -hmm. me go here. All right. Busy here. All right. Busy here. All right. Busy. And then if you got to go through all those and for whatever reason, all of them are busy, there's a suicide hotline you can call, dial it up, make it happen. So do it. Um, something else that has been helpful for me personally is giving your friends like a break. Like not, I don't mean like, don't go to them all the time for this. What I mean is like realizing who you should reach out to for what. Um, because at first, especially here in LA, you know, you can kind of meet some people that you think are genuine and and tend to not be. Um, but realizing that, okay, these are my feel good friends. These are my, if I'm having a terrible day friends, they know they'll listen. This is my instantly makes me laugh person. And instead of saying, I can't believe Billy wasn't all of these things. Just be like, why would I go to Billy with this when I know he doesn't have the emotional space for that? You know what I mean? Like, really start identifying who's your person for what it's been really helpful for me. And it's helped me to lose less friendships. Cause at first I was like, well, cut them off, cut them off, cut them off. And that's really not always fair. Uh, I think. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say each one wears a different hat. There you go. I was going to say you're, you're assembling your Avengers, man. I mean, like you're not, it's like, you're not going to take a, a, a Captain America problem to Spider-Man. Like, okay. No, I, I know who to delegate this to. I know who's got the power here and I need this one right now. You have no clue how on the nose that was because um, it wasn't my last job, but a few years ago I worked at Hard Rock Cafe um, here in Hollywood and mm-hmm. met some of the most amazing people I've ever met. And we're all big Marvel fans. So we have an Avengers group. <laughs> um we literally, like we literally assembled our Avengers and it was super helpful because we just support really hard. Um, you know, certain people are going through divorces and while they don't feel like they can talk to their family or be honest with all their friends, they know they can come to this little personal group and just 
let loose and we're just going to give them support. You know, like we can't all relate. I've never been married, so I've never been divorced, but they know that I'll listen. Um, and it's really helpful to start built. We have more. How do I put it? As an adult, don't be afraid to start building families of your own. Like family is important. It can be depending on where you come from. But as adults, you're allowed to start building your own village. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think family really needs to be just to, to, defined as the people closest to you in your life who you love the most. I mean, that's just, yes. and it could be, it could be the people you came from. It could absolutely not be. And yeah. so, so, cause that's, that's where you get into some of that toxicity, right? Cause you know, families in some ways uh, have a way of really overstepping some boundaries and it's very important to have strict boundaries just in general. But yes. I mean, especially with your family, just because it's like, hey, man, you're we're, we're we're on the same team here, like quite literally, like we have the same last name on our jerseys. So let's let's not do this here. OK, so but sometimes you it's gotta not, be your own friends. Yeah, you're not a bad person. Don't let someone make you feel like an asshole because you're establishing a boundary. Mm-hmm. That's not what that is. That's I, you standing up for yourself. And I also read something online that I really liked. Uh, is, is setting up boundaries isn't somebody trying to move away from you. They're trying to keep a relationship with you. That, that's, yeah. They're, I'm going to save that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I'm not trying to sever this. I'm telling you the boundaries so we can keep doing this. And so you can see me more clearly. Yeah. You know, like sometimes yeah. someone's perception of you gets in the way of who you actually are. Um, and that's not, how do I put it? Like, the version of me that you see, that's your problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like to an extent, you know what I mean? Like, but mm-hmm. I did, that's in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we project things. So yeah. yeah. Hardcore. hundred percent. And if we're depressed and stuff and we're in our own heads, especially this last year, that makes it worse. Thanks. Yep. We're calling our own shit. <laughs> um, uh, something else. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but as far as like, I know you're the main focus was, being on the this side of knowing someone with depression, yeah. um, when you know that someone is truly struggling on your own time, start researching things. You know what I mean? Like seeing what is the most you should be doing. Um, because there is this, especially when it comes to mental health, you can't, you're no one's parent. You know what I mean? So you can't like, there are certain things you can and cannot do. Um, but showing up really helps. Uh, a friend of mine was really, really, really going through it and they were in a relationship and the person, they didn't live together, but the person in the relationship wasn't showing up for this person. And it seemed like, uh, possibly suicidal thoughts were, you know, headed that way. Um, so only thing I knew I could do was physically be there, um, physically be there. They had already talked to their, um, to a a blood family relative. And that person was going to come, but not for a few days. So until that person could get there, I just made sure that person wasn't alone. Um, and that I felt like wasn't too far into boundaries. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I wasn't out of line. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to be here and, and we can talk if you want to. Sometimes we just took walks. Sometimes we just watched, uh, reality TV and that was enough. Um, there was one moment where things felt more serious and at that point, I did reach out to that blood relative privately, um, but because it felt like a life and death scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah. And I think you have to, as the helper, you can't be afraid to ask for help. If something's out of your scope and especially if it's in your friend or whoever's close to you's best, best interest, you have to do whatever's best for them. And so you might have to take an extra step yourself. Definitely. I mean, I'm not a mental health professional, just someone that cares, you know, so it, it was helpful to, to reach out to people that have dealt with that before to reach out to people that were in therapy um, and to reach out to the family it's themselves. That's huge. That's huge. And something really good there too. Those. Like you want to be, you want to help someone. You don't want to necessarily enable them either. And sometimes they need to be able to help themselves. So being there, like you said, can be just as helpful and asking for extra help as you needed rather than letting them struggle. But um, there's a fine line. Yeah. What, where do you stop help and where do you encourage them to start helping themselves a little to get them to a better place. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Cause that's what we did. Um, it was me, the blood relative, and then two other friends had private side conversations, you know, from a distance, um, through technology and all that good stuff to like, kind of get an idea of what needed to occur. And so we found an, an uh, uh, inpatient care facility that seemed like a good fit. Um, and then we just made sure that that person felt heard and not alone until we could get them to that place. And um, the individual has since been out of uh, out of that center for a long time and is doing very well, um, really, really come back into themselves. But they just needed, it was a, a, they needed family, you know, so we made a family to keep that person around. Were they open to going to the inpatient center? We were fortunate, yes. Um, that person was, was, um, open to the idea. It just took some constant reassurance, you know, so open to the idea. Then every few days there'd be a, I don't know if I need and be like, well, there's nothing wrong with, you know, just letting them know all the positives that came from it and or that could possibly come from it. Mm-hmm. Have you, uh, had it where, have you had anybody in your life who was going through bad depression and was not open to getting help uh, was very, very set in their ways. It's, it's a very hard thing to describe. I'm thinking of a very specific instance in my life, but I'm trying not to give away too many details about it. I reserve the right to get into it though, because I just, I just think it's important because it's just such a, if you have somebody who doesn't, who, you know, this is an issue and you're closer teetering and they're just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to do those, those things. Here's what I'll say. Um, with the person that came to mind immediately, long-term, um, like all these words are so uncomfortable, but, uh, long-term death by suicide is, I don't think that's, um, a possibility. Um, but there are many things this person could improve on life-wise. And we have talked to this person about these things. Um, and they are hesitant. So we don't push, you can't push someone into, you know, like that, but we, we still have doubled down on the, the community we've built around that person. Yeah. Um, so we still check in, we still um, commiserate and all those good things. And we all have personally decided to keep an eye on that person because we mm-hmm. want them around and they're so special. Um, but again, we're no one's parent. We can only, in that regard, we can only do so much. There is a little resist- resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Cause I mean, I reserve the right to 
we'll edit this out later. I'll see, but um, it, 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 it's hard because I mean, it's almost like the, 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 the boundary conversation that we had earlier. Cause I had a friend who was kind of like suicide is going to happen. That's just, this is just how my story ends. And I spent a long time pushing back against that. Just like, no, I, I don't want that. I, I would love for you to live a full, awesome life and along the whole thing, you know? And so there was a long time of just that friction and then trying to, well, what if I do this? And well, no, that's not going to work. I'll do this. Okay. Well, what if I do this? Well, that's not going to work. I'll do this. Well, and so and you'll not, you're not going to go get help and there's nothing I can convince you to get help. And it's just kind of like, a, this is what it is. And it's like, okay, I then had to take a step back myself and go, all right, now I feel like I'm being short with you. I feel like I'm not being, when I, when we're around the quality of the hang is really starting to deplete. And I feel like that's on me right now because I'm not doing okay with this. So this is something where unfortunately I have to guard my heart and take a step back, but I really hope you get the help you need one day and that you change your mind. And if you do, please get in touch with me, but this is just becoming heavy for me. So I think there's a lot to be said for doing everything you can but also knowing certain situations you got, you might have to fold them. If that makes sense. I'm uh, I a hundred percent agree with everything you just said. Um, because you have to fight hard for someone, but you also have to keep an eye on your own mental health and it like your mental health can spiral just as quickly as theirs can, you know? So you also like, while you're trying to save someone else, you have to save yourself too. Like, can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly, and you uh, you can't save everyone like that. The title of Captain Save a Ho, like it does it. It it can be detrimental. You, I'm personally a believer in this. If you are a believer in people and 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 good, you know, do what you can, and it's not a failure if you have to take a step back, especially if you've known you've done everything in your power within your rights and limitations without being a complete tool. Like you've done what you could do and you have to be okay to live with that. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Everyone can be saved. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's almost like someone that's going through uh, drug treatment and stuff. Like you, unless they ask for help first, you can't just, you can't force the help on them. They're, they're not open to it. They're not ready for it. No. Um, can be extremely difficult because I could see it on Miles' face when he was talking about like that. That's not easy. If someone's not, then finally, yeah, you have to take take a step back and you got to look after. You have to look after you and the people that genuinely want help. And uh, I really like what you said. Um, I get goosebumps really easily um, uh, uh, when you said that they're not ready for help. Like sometimes you just have to hope that you see them around long enough for them to get to that place. Um, cause I can just talk from a, a love perspective. Um, I was closed off for three years for a reason. Um, and I'm loving the relationship I'm in now, but like, I would have not been even open to the idea three years ago. Cause I wasn't ready for it, you know? Like, so sometimes you legitimately can't get something until you're ready for it. Um, and sometimes they're just not at a place to receive help, which isn't your fault. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. hundred percent. 
Uh, well, uh, I think we're coming up on our time. So but I think we covered a lot of good ground. This is really, really awesome. Miles, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today, man. I want to thank you all for having me, uh, for being super cool people, uh, and for really creating like, again, I told you all in the middle of it, how I feel about vulnerability. And this was such a nice, safe space to just be able to be honest. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thanks. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, tell everybody who's watching where they can find you online. Uh, okay. Well, I am a content creator. You can find me on Instagram at miles of miles. So that's going to be I of Y M I L E S of M Y L E S. Um, and then you can also find me on uh, TikTok, and that's miles of miles underscore obvi O B V I A because there's obviously only one me. Love it. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And then uh, Heather, tell everybody where they can find you. And they can find me uh, on Instagram, bodies by Heather, bodies underscore by underscore Heather. And Susan, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram's the best one. So it'll be one word. Susan Thompson, haha, is the probably the most popular one. And uh, Facebook as well. Susan Thompson. Perfect. Yes. And I'm at Miles Weber Joker on all the things. So, uh, Thank you, uh, everybody, for watching. We appreciate you all. Make sure you take care of yourself. Check on your helpers. That's very important. If you take one thing from today, check on the strong people in your life. Uh, my name is Miles Weber. My name's Heather Weber. And Susan Thompson. Thank and you very Miles much. McGee. And Miles McGee. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Mad Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.